you would, turn your Bible to Judges chapter 16. We're continuing on our series in the book of Judges. We're on chapter 16. If you are there, would you all stand as we receive the word? Judges chapter 16. It will be long, but we will be reading uh, the entire chapter. Beginning in verse 1, here is the word of God. Samson went to Gaza, and there he saw a prostitute, and he went into her. The Gazites were told Samson has come here, and they surrounded the place and set an ambush for him all night at the gate of the city. They kept quiet all night, saying, let us wait till the light of the morning, then we will kill him. But Samson lay still midnight, and at midnight he arose and took hold of the doors of the gate of the city and two posts, and pulled them up, bar and all, and put them on his shoulders, and carried them to the top of the hill that is in front of Hebron. After this, he loved a woman in the valley of Shorek, whose name was Delilah. And the lords of the Philistine came up to her and said to her, Seduce him, and see where his great strength lies, and by what means we may overpower him, that we may bind him to humble him, and we will each give you 1,100 pieces of silver. So Delilah said to Samson, Please tell me where your great strength lies, and how you might be bound that one could subdue you. Samson said to her, If they bind me with seven fresh bowstrings, that have not been dried, then I shall become weak and be like any other men. Then the lords of the Philistine brought up to her seven fresh bowstrings that had not been dried, and she bound him with them. Now she had men lying in ambush in an inner chamber, and she said to him, The Philistines are upon you, Samson. But he snapped the bowstrings as a thread of flax snaps when it touches the fire, so the secret of his strength was not known. Then Delilah said to Samson, Behold, you have mocked me and told me lies. Please tell me how you might be bound. And he said to her, If they bind me with new robes that have not been used, then I shall become weak and be like any other men. So Delilah took new robes and bound them with them and said to him, The Philistines are upon you, Samson. And the man lying in ambush were in an inner chamber, but he snapped the ropes off his arms and like a thread. Then Delilah said to Samson, Until now you have mocked me and told me lies. Tell me how you might be bound. And he said to her, If you weave the seven locks of my head with the web and fasten it tight with the pin, then I shall become weak and be like any other man. So while he slept, Delilah took the seven locks of his head and wove them into the web. And she made the tight with the pin and said to him, The Philistines are upon you, Samson. But he awoke from his sleep and pulled away the pen, the room, and the web. And she said to him, How can you say, I love you, when your heart is not with me? You have mocked me these three times, and you have not told me where your great strength lies. And when she pressed him hard with her words day after day and urged him, his soul was vaxxed to death. And he told her, all his heart, and said to her, A razor has never come up on my head, for I have been a Nazarite to God from my mother's womb. If my head is shaved, then my strength will leave me, and I shall become weak and be like any other man. When Delilah saw that he had told her all his heart, she sent and called the lords of the Philistines, saying, Come up again, for he has told me all his heart. And the lords of the Philistine came up to her and brought the money in their hands, and she made him asleep on her knees. And she called the man and had him shave off the seven locks of his head. Then she began to torment him, and his strength left him. And she said, The Philistines are upon you, Samson. And he awoke from his sleep and said, I will go out as at other times and shake myself free. But he did not know that the Lord had left him. 
And the Philistines seized him and gouged out his eyes and brought him down to Gaza and bound him with bronze shekels. And he got ground at the mill in the prison. But the hair of his head began to grow again after it had been shaved. Now the lords of the Philistine gathered to offer a great sacrifice to Dagon, their God, to rejoice and said, Our God has given Samson, our enemy, into our hand. And when the people saw him, they praised their God, for they said, Our God has given our enemy into our hand, the ravager of our country who has killed many of us. And when their hearts were merry, they said, Call Samson, that he may entertain us. So they called Samson out of the prison, and he entertained them. They made him stand between the pillars. And Samson said to the young men who held him by the hand, Let me feel the pillars on which the house rests, that I may lean against them. Now the house was full of men and women. All the lords of the Philistines were there. And on the roof, there were about 3,000 men and women who looked on while Samson entertained. Then Samson called to the Lord and said, O Lord God, please remember me. Please strengthen me only this once, O God, that I may be avenged on the Philistines for my two eyes. And Samson grasped the two middle pillars on which the house rested, and he leaned his weight against them, his right hand on the one and his left hand on the other. And Samson said, Let me die with the Philistines. Then he bowed with all his strength, and the house fell upon the lords and upon all the people who were in it. So the dead whom he killed at his death were more than those who he had killed during his life. Then his brothers and all his family came down and took him and brought him up and buried him between Zorah and Eshtor in the tomb of Manoah, his father. He had judged Israel 20 years. Amen. God, we thank you for your word. We receive it with joy and gladness, with open hearts. As we humble ourselves, would you teach us the truth, the lesson, the encouragement that we need to hear, and we need to take it in our hearts. Father, help us as your servant deliver your message and your message alone as your people receive it with open gladness in their heart. We expect your word, your truth to be declared. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. So for past 15, 16 weeks, we've been on the book of Judges. Um, today will be our last time going through uh, the book of Judges. And let me begin by asking you some questions for you to uh, warm up to this message. Have you ever thought, have you ever wondered what people might say about you when you leave, when your time here on earth is up? What would be your legacy? What will be uh, the story, the reputation? How will they remember you? After, at the end of your life, will you live your life in such a way that you are remembered by the people and they're celebrating your life, the fact that you were born here on earth, that you came here? That they were saddened and disappointed for the fact that you are no longer with them. What kind of be, uh, impact will you leave behind so that people that know who you are and your life would be inspired to live the life you live? Think about it. What kind of legacy will you leave behind? Folks, it has been more than 80 years since Adolf Hitler died. But still, when that name comes up, people still have certain understanding, certain reputation, certain feelings towards that name. 
people still hate him. People still curse him. And all that is because what he has done. He slurred, slaughtered innocent people. He was the cause of agony. He was cause of poverty. He was cause of the mass genocide around the globe. Got many children here. We will be dedicating two children next Sunday. But can you imagine any parent naming their child, their children, Adolf? Any taker? Future parents? I don't think so. No one in their right mind. I mean, since World War II, I don't think that name Adolf was ever used on a child. I, I can bet, on my, bet my life on it. Why? Because what that name, how that memory of tragedy, that sadness, this terrible thing he has done. The bottom line is that you and I do not like to be remembered with such a bad story, bad reputation, especially when you're gone at the end of your life. Because I personally do not want my name to be associated with fear, with hatred, with disappointment or sadness in my family, in my friends, people who may know me. So once again, think about this. How will you be remembered when your time is up here? How will you be remembered? What legacy will you leave behind? What will your friends, your family members, your own children may say about you? You see, I ask these questions because today we are, in fact, remembering a person. Together this morning, we're taking a closer look at this person's legacy, his reputation. And this person was a very special man from the beginning of his life, from his, the moment he was born and during his even uh, conceivement in his mother's womb, everyone knew this was a special child, special person. And he was born with extraordinary superhuman strength. I guarantee in the Bible, not many people started, with, uh, started their lives with what Samson had, how he was equipped and blessed by the Lord. No power like this. And we all know he was destined to change the future of his people, the future of his nation. He was set apart by God for God's holy purpose. He was chosen by God to be a judge, a savior, the leader of the nation. And as we looked at the story of his birth in chapter 13 last Sunday, it was obvious, so obvious that Samson was destined to do something great, something amazing that would be beyond anyone's imagination. And if you look at the last two verses of uh, chapter 13, the Bible says, Samson grew physically in his stature, and the Lord blessed him, and the Spirit of the Lord began to stir in him. Not only he grew physically, not only he grew emotionally, intellectually, but he grew spiritually. The Lord began to stir in him. In other words, the Spirit of the Lord, Spirit of God, was in him, present in Samson's heart, began to direct, began to guide Samson's life. However, in chapter 14, in the first verse, when Samson arrived at that adult age, I don't know what that age is, but then when he realized that he is strong enough, he was man enough that he could make autonomous decisions for his life. I'm going to be independent. 
When that time came, this is what Samson did, verse 1, we will see Samson ignoring the guide of the spirits, certainly the teaching and guidance of his parents. He disregarded that, and instead he would follow his own heart. He would ignore the spirit stirring in his heart, giving him his knowledge and wisdom. He would ignore that, dismiss that, and he will follow what seems, what seems right, pleasing in his eyes. And therefore, from that point on, chapter 14, 15, 16, what you will see is Samson making series of bad decisions. Now, before we go into the story that we all know of, before we jump in, I want to point out to you very important truth up to this point. Whenever you think of Samson, this is something that I want you to be reminded of. Look at this. Samson was chosen by God. That's fact. He was chosen even before he was born. Therefore, God had a plan, specific plan for Samson. And for this plan, for God to accomplish his plan through Samson, God has blessed him tremendously with everything he would need. He equipped him with this supernatural strength in order for Samson to fulfill God-given purpose. True. Fact. And not only God blessed Samson, but he also filled him with his own spirit present in his life in order to direct him, in order to guide Samson's life. He did not leave alone. I gave you life. I equipped you with strength. Go, do your thing. That's not what God did. God was present and stirring in his heart, navigating his life, speaking to Samson, his heart. But here's the truth that I want you to understand. Yes, just like Samson, you have been chosen by God, placed squarely in Jesus Christ. You have been blessed tremendously by God as well with unique gifts and talents for specific purpose that God has for you. You also have received the Spirit of God speaking to you, being present in your life, and directing you, helping you to discern what is right, what is wrong. He is speaking to you constantly. However, just like Samson, the truth is, you can still choose for your own. Just like Samson, the truth is that you could choose Still choose to dismiss God. Choose to forget God. Ignore God's calling entirely. Your purpose, God-given purpose on your own. You have the choice. You can still certainly choose to dismiss the Spirit of God speaking to you. And instead, you would choose to follow your own heart, the heart that is influenced heavily, swayed by the world around you. It is your choice. This, my friends, is the truth. Something that you need to realize every time you read the story of Samson. The truth is, folks, it is your decision to submit to the Lord in obedience recognize God's calling, God's giving of life, God's equipping of your life and this purpose, and you submit in obedience. That's your choice, as well as the choice to not to remember, dismiss, ignore, rebel against the Lord in defiance. I know Folks, this is the truth. Look at Samson's life. What you will see in chapter 14 and 15, we didn't have time. Um, it's just, but I'll point out to you. Samson 
Once he reached that age, he decided to leave his people, leave his parents, and to go into the cities of the Philistines, the enemy, the people who disregard the law of God. And Samson, the Israelite, the Jew himself, will also blend in and mix in and hang out with the people who would disregard the laws of God. Now, Samson was supposed to lead God's people. He was supposed to free his people from the longest oppression that we will see in the book of Judges, the 20 past years, one of the harshest oppression the Israelites experienced. And God raised Samson up for this precise reason, this purpose. Yet, seems, Samson seems like had no concern about God's calling. He has no concern of his people's misery. At the sight of pagan, at the sight of enemy and their evil practices, Samson did not share God's holy hatred against evil. Instead, Samson didn't think that the Philistines and their practice and their religion is not so bad they were willing, he was willing to try to blend into their society. And if that's not enough, he fell in love with a Philistine woman. He will pressure his parent to uh, give him that permission, approve uh, the marriage that he desired with the Philistine woman. And ultimately, he would succeed. And he gets the permission from his mom and dad and he would marry her, but it was wrong for many reasons. But specifically, marrying a Philistine woman was, was definitely against God's law at that time. And it was Philistine themselves, not just any pagans, but during that time, they were the number one greatest enemy for the nation of Israel. Yet Samson would go through it. And he would use his strength to please himself, using his strength to fulfill God's plan for rescuing his own people was something that was far from his mind. He was more interested in serving himself rather than serving God and God's purpose. He would use these God-given talents and this power to serve himself, serve his ego. And like many of us, as we will see, he would have to learn the hard way. In chapter 14, specifically also in chapter 15, it seems the only way Samson would engage the enemy, would fight the Philistine, is when he was personally hurt, personally wronged by them. And that is exactly what happened. He was betrayed by his own wife. And in his anger, he left her. When he came back, she was given to another man by her father. And that upset him even more. So he would use his power to revenge. So he would go and burn acres of crops. And he would kill many of the Philistines. And he would even kill a thousand Philistine famously with the donkey's jawbone in his right hand, and he slayed a thousand people. Now, when you read chapter 15, it would be, it may seem, it would be easy for us to understand maybe Samson is living up to his calling, fulfilling the purpose, but that's not the case. He was supposed to free his people fight the enemy, but hear what he is doing, the truth is, Samson was just upset. He was just letting his anger out. He was just serving himself, letting everybody know, if you mess with me, this is what I can do to you. He's just serving his ego. Let's get to 16. That's the understanding, right? And then here is chapter 16, the famous story of Samson and Delilah. Let's look at that relationship. If we're going to call that a relationship, what's happening? This is a terrible, terrible relationship. 
He fell in love with Delilah. The Bible specifically says Samson fell in love with Delilah. What Samson did not know was this. She was not in love with him. Samson was in love with her, but she was not in love with uh, Samson. In fact, she was there to seduce Samson in order to get paid by the enemy. She was paid to get the secret of Samson's strength. These Philistines were just tormented, toyed by Samson, and they realized, come to a conclusion that this is not human thing. This is a God thing. And there has to be a secret. So they came to Delilah. You get the secret, we'll pay you 1,100 pieces of silver. Each of the leaders will pay that. She will instantly become, not millionaire, billionaire. She's working for the enemy. Samson does not know. She does not love him. She was working for money. As we read three times, initially, Samson did not tell her the truth. But eventually, Delilah got what she wanted, the secret. You know, it's so funny to read it day And after day, Delilah was on Samson's case to the point that his soul was vaxxed to the death, to the point of death. Ladies, I don't know what you do. I don't know what kind of ability this is. But guys, you you guys have to be careful. They're on another level. If you think that you could keep the secret, you could think you can go toe-to-toe with your girlfriend or wife, I advise you. That's a losing battle. That's just a side note here. But as strong as Samson was, he finally met her, met his match. And that was not any men or any enemy. It was Delilah. So because he was in love with her, he probably had, uh, should have noticed that This girl does not love him. She tested him three different times to bind him and to sell him to the enemy. And he is still there. Something's wrong with the psyche. Think about it. What are you doing? By the third time? By the first time, you should get out. You should leave. Amen? Yeah. But for some reason, he's still there. That's what love does for you, I guess. Blind you from the truth. So she finally gets the secret that Samson would lose his power as a Nazarite once he loses his hair. And the price for this mistake, he made many, many mistakes up to this point, but this mistake was very costly. As we all know, once they shaved his head, his strength was gone. And what's even more traumatic and and troubling is the Spirit of God left him. Not just the strength, the Spirit of God that was with him since his inception in the mom's, his mother's womb. The Spirit of the Lord that was stirring in him living in him, left Samson for the first time. What happened? Samson became an ordinary man. And there was no dramatic escape. There's no more pulling the post and gate and throwing it on them and killing them, go toe-to-toe with them with his bare hand. Nothing of that. The strength was gone. He was captured by the Philistine. The Bible said they gouged out. He burned out his two eyes. And they will imprison him and put him to forced labor. This is not a superhero story. This is a tragic story. This is a tragedy. What a waste. 
What a waste. Samson wasted his strength to satisfy himself, his own heart, his own pleasure, his own ego. And by doing so, what happened to Samson? He lost everything. He lost his identity. He lost his purpose, God-given purpose. He lost his power. And then, most importantly, he lost the spirit of the Lord. Church, at this point, it is very easy. It's easy for us to just dismiss him, ignore him, because there is no way for us to see Samson as a judge, as a savior, as the leader for God's people. It's really difficult for us to see that. It's rather easy for us to see him as a failure, the person who just wasted his tremendous potential to squander everything that was going for him and, and it just threw it away. How he wasted his wife and life. Because he could have single-handedly strengthened his nation, freed his people, and restore God's people in the rightful place, in the blessedness with God. He could have done that. Not only the Philistine, he could just destroy and put every other nation's in order. However, Samson didn't do this. He didn't do any of these things. He just became a slave of the enemy. The man who once killed a thousand Philistines with just a piece of bone was tied to a grinding wheel, blinded, in a prison, shackled, pushing this giant grinding wheel day after day after day. I want you to think about this. This massive individual with massive uh, uh, persona, charisma, and the story lost his eyes, shaven. And he is shackled, beaten like a dog, tied to the mill, pushing. And all the enemies will come by, haul insults at him, mockery, ridicule. That's a pitiful sight. Day and night. Now, I want you to put yourself in Samson's shoes as he was doing this. What would be in his mind? Imagine what might have gone through his head. Can you imagine what he was thinking? Because he certainly has a lot of time to think. He's, he's just an animal. He's just pushing. There is nothing else he needs to do. Right foot, left foot, push, push, push. If they give him some food, give him some water, that's what he gets. Gets up, push again. He has a lot of time to think. Thinking about what a fool he had been. Thinking about how bad he was. How his series of bad choices led him to this point. How his choices led him to one sin to another. Blinded in the dark place, just like a dog, Samson was treated like no one. He had plenty of time to think about the identity he was supposed to assume, the purpose he was supposed to live by, to accomplish God's purpose, the Spirit of God living mightily in him. 
he had plenty of time to think about the life that he wasted. The opportunity he wasted. And he did that for himself, for no one else, for himself, for his own pleasure. And he would have plenty of time to come to understand that he cannot blame anyone else but himself. Yet I believe, yet I choose to believe in his misery. I believe there was time for him to remember God, finally remember God. He would finally remember his God-given purpose, his calling in his life. I believe he had time even to come to God with contrite, broken heart and confess and repent from his wrongdoings, for all of his sin, for all of his wrong choices. And we will see that. Now, Philistines are proud people. Philistines, especially they're proud at this point. Their biggest achievement was Samson. That tells you they just gathered to celebrate the capture and abuse and this this it's it cause for celebration. This tells you what kind of damage Samson was inflicting in the Philistines' life, ravager of their life. He was the single-handedly the biggest thorn on their side. So they gather to celebrate his capture. The most, most wanted men, the guy who tormented them, toyed with them, was finally captured. So they gather together to celebrate and offer sacrifices to their God because it was their God who captured him. And so in attendance, there are an entire royal family of the nation of Philistine, the entire administrative staff, entire army uh, uh, general staffs were there on top of 3,000 men and women being entertained by Samson, rejoicing and thinking their God had delivered Samson in their hand. So they decide to, in their celebration, bring out Samson. Let him entertain us. And after abusing Samson, they would allow Samson to be up on the pillar where everyone can see clearly and to make mockery out of him. Still blind, but here's going. He asked a young boy who was guiding him to help him to put his hand to touch two pillars next to him. The pillars that were resting, uh, the, the, the entire viewing area was resting. And then listen to this prayer. Samson prayed to the Lord. O Lord God, that's a O sovereign God. O God who has planned. O God who is in control of all things. O Lord God. Yahweh, please remember me. I remember you, Lord. Will you remember me? Please strengthen me only this once, O oh God, that I may be avenged on the Philistines for my two eyes. And he grasped two pillars. And he then said, let me die. With the Philistines. And as Samson pushed with all his strength, the Bible says the pillars began to push apart, and then, like a massive earthquake, the entire viewing stand collapsed. 3,000 people coming down, dying on top of the leaders of the nation, Philistine. And the Bible says he was able to kill more at his death compared to while he lived. The biggest accomplishment, biggest blow that he incurred on the enemy. 
happened at his death. But once again, church, what a tragedy. But here's something that I want you to also remember when you think about the story of Samson. Did you know that outside of Judges, the Bible, specifically New Testament, specifically the book of Hebrew, the Bible does not mention Samson's failures in life. The Bible does not mention. This is the only place you will read about Samson's mishaps. But also in the book of Hebrews, specifically chapter 11, in the hall of faith, the Bible does not even talk about his heroic achievement, how he was able to incur this death blow to the nation of Philistine. It does not even mention his achievement. Does not talk about his failures. Does not talk about his success. But only thing that we will find about Samson simply listed with other judges with this particular description, who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, and gained what was promised. Why? Because in the end, Samson remembered God. Samson remembered his God. He learned to trust God, learn to humble himself, learn to depend on God. And when he decided to choose God and his purpose, when he decided to make a stand for God, for his own people, when he chose to be not his own instrument for his own pleasure, but God's instrument for his sovereign plan, God turned all of his failures, all of his bad choices, all of his mistakes. God turned that into a victory. Amen? You got to see that. I asked you in the beginning of the sermon, I'm going to ask you one more time. How will you be remembered? How will you be remembered? Folks, there are a lot of choices in life. You made hundreds of decisions this morning. Did you know that? You made hundreds of decisions this morning. When to get up, what to wear, what to eat, when to leave the house, how you drive, change lane, change not. You came and decided to do anything you have done. You made countless decisions just this morning because we have to make thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of decisions every day. You're defined by your decision. Did you know that? The choices you make will define you and determine your legacy. And we have a lot of choices to make in our lives. And for you to choose, for you to make sound, godly decision, for you to choose for God, not for your own self, for God, the God who created you, God who has given you the identity, God who has given you the purpose, God who blessed you, equipped you uniquely in order for you to live a life that He desired in your life, for you to choose that God, not God of your own life. Folks, that ability for you to choose God has nothing to do with how gifted you are, how talented you are, how blessed you are, how much you had from the beginning. It has nothing to do how you know God, you how understand that God has equipped you all this. The fact that you know His calling in life, it has nothing to do with that. You making sound decisions for God and choosing God. But rather, it has everything to do with you 
what you will do, how you will choose by faith in obedience to his word. Amen? It has everything to do with you each day, each moment you choose God. And your legacy is greatly dependent upon your willing decision to choose God, choose Lord Jesus Christ in all aspects of your life, not just on Sunday morning, folks, but every day, whether you're at home, at work, at school, any decision you make, your legacy, your life, the life that you will teach to your children is determined by these small decisions. Church, look, the story of Samson really, really teaches us the importance of choices in your life. But at the same time, here's another thing that it teaches us. Hope this encourages you because it also teaches you it is never too late for you to turn back to God. Amen? No matter how a mess you were, no matter how many mistakes, how bad your past was, how screwed up your life seems now, I'm telling you, God was not only willing to hear and forgive Samson, just like he did, he is willing to hear you with open arm, welcome you, and remember you, and restore you. God will also give you another chance. Amen. If you are willing to repent, if you are willing to turn from your ways and turn to God, if you are willing to trust and depend on God, willing to change for God, willing to make a stand for God and His name, then what happens? God will come and give you hope, give you life, give you redemption, give you that second chance because our God is God of the second chances. Amen? Amen? Do you not need second chance? I do. Every day. So folks, no matter how badly you may have failed in the past, even this morning, this past week, as we close year 2023, let me tell you, today is never too late. This day is never too late for you to put your complete trust in God. Choose Him. Make a stand for God. And He will restore you. And He will still lead you to the path that He desires. That's the kind of God we have. Amen? Join me in prayer. God, we thank you for the story. Thank you for the journey. We're on your word, especially in the book of Judges. We have seen all the judges. We have seen how you were with them, how you were working in them. You gave them the identity, the calling, the purpose. You equipped them with courage, wisdom, knowledge, and all the things that they needed to fulfill your calling to accomplish your holy purpose. We see that. But we also see how easy it is, even for the judges, to do what the world was doing, living like the world, living like the nations, the people who has no idea of this one true God, the God of Israel. And instead turning to God, obeying God, following and trusting His way for His own people, they will do what seems right in their eyes. 
They were busy satisfying their own pride and ego. And we see flaws even in the judges. It's not because they were not called. It's not because they didn't have purpose, nor the resources or the strength. They even had your spirit working in them, yet, Father, it was their choice that reflected poorly on their legacy. But God, we learn from them. We understand how important the choices are in our lives. So we turn to you for your wisdom. We turn to your word for guidance. We turn to your spirit each and every day for you to speak to us, for you to navigate us. So God, we humbly come before you and we entrust all the decision-making privileges that we have into your hands. And we want to choose you in all things, we want to make a stand for you, for us to make your name great. Oh God, so will you help us. If, if we've fallen away from your ways, if we were forgetting and, and stop remembering your grace and mercy, Lord, will you remind us so that we will turn to you and cry out to you for you a gracious faithful, merciful, generous God who will redeem us once again, embrace us once again, and give us the courage to live the life that you called us to live. Father, we thank you for this message. Thank you for our journey together in this book. Pray that you would help us to gain perspective as God's people to plan how to end this year well in you and how to plan for next year in order to live a life according to our God-given identity, God-given purpose, utilizing God-given resources, your blessing. Bless your people, Lord. Thank you for gathering us. Pray that you would protect them, guide them. Go with them, go before them. May the Lord be with them. I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.